Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I am your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to episode 15 of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I am going to be talking to you about all things static, staying still for too long, why it's bad, why we want to avoid it, and what can we do to get ourselves moving during the day. So when it comes to musculoskeletal discomfort and injuries, I suppose appropriate postures, good postures as we call them, and the right equipment and the right relationship between yourself and the equipment are absolutely crucial to reducing the risk of injury. But what I have found, and I'm sure anyone in my field will agree, is that even with the most brilliant equipment, the most adjustable supportive equipment, and the most neutral supportive postures, musculoskeletal discomfort and injury can occur. And they likely will occur if you hold postures for too long. And I will definitely say, over the last two plus years, assessing home workers, I have done ergonomic risk assessments and DSE assessments on people who, on paper, and when they send me the photographs, have fabulous chairs, textbook setups, but they're having discomfort and they're struggling to understand why. And the reality of it is, a lot of it is just to do with spending too long in the one position. And that sounds really straightforward, but just seems to have become a way of how we work now because a lot of our work even if you're back in the office a lot of the work is still quite virtual there is still definitely in a lot of workplaces an increased time being spent at the workstation and not only that I think just with modern life in general there is an increase in static postures outside of the workplace and this is having a huge impact so what I'm going to talk today is what we mean by static postures, what the impact of static postures can have on our musculoskeletal health and what we can do to reduce the risks. So as always, what it is, why is it a problem? How do we sort it? So I will start by defining a static posture. So a static posture, which I would always call static loading, it refers to physical exertion in a fixed position or posture, such as sitting, standing, lying. The limbs are held in position by the different muscle groups that are working together to counteract the force of gravity, keeping you in the fixed position that you want to be in. And the time that you can hold these static postures before you start to feel a discomfort, develop, it just varies so much depending on what the actual posture is, the muscular effort required to hold it, the loads associated with it, and your own physical condition. And this was a really quick, easy way to think of it is if you think about how long you can comfortably sit in your office chair at your desk before you start to feel a bit of discomfort versus how long you can hold a plank before you start to feel discomfort and start to struggle. They're both static postures, but they have different energy requirements. They have different active muscle groups. They have different loads involved with them. They require different effort. So static postures and 
how long you can hold them before you get discomfort will totally vary depending on what it is. I suppose when we look at how static postures negatively impact our health, what I do want to say is, and I've said this before about posture, there is nothing wrong with static postures per se. They're not bad, inverted commas. They're a necessary part of how we function day to day. Sometimes we need to be static to get things done. And this would be the case way back in caveman times, and it's the case now. I think it wouldn't be practical or safe for us to do everything that we need to do while being mobile. That's not realistic. But I think it's important to highlight that it's not the posture itself that's the biggest problem. It's, I think, the duration that we now hold these postures and the frequency with which, with which excuse me, we are now static. I just feel, and the evidence will point to it, life is a lot more sedentary. Life is a lot more static than it was before. So while static postures themselves, like one static posture is not bad, it's just that these have become a huge part of our lives and they are starting to have an impact. Static postures themselves, they require a continuous contraction of the muscles that are holding you up in that position though, or down, whatever it may be, the muscles that are holding your position. This continuous contraction or loading in this fixed position results in reduced blood flow to the muscles. And this happens two ways. One, obviously the muscle is contracted, so it has tightened. But secondly, your blood flow, the longer you start to hold it, the flow of the blood through the body, circulation can slow down because we don't have the muscular contraction and relaxation pumping effort helping get the blood around. It's You're relying pretty much a lot of time solely on the effort of the heart. So you're losing out the pumping factor of the muscle. So not only are the muscles tight and restricted, they're also not pumping to help with the blood flow. And this reduced blood flow or restricted blood flow in the muscle groups means that the waste products cannot be effectively removed. And for me, one of the biggest ones would be lactic acid. That's a waste product. That's a byproduct of energy of energy use, excuse me. And also, while the waste products can't be removed, your nutrients and your oxygen can't really get in either. They can get in, but not efficiently, not effectively. It's reduced. This causes fatigue and discomfort in your muscles, which can cause poor postures, adverse postures, because your muscles get tired. So if we take the example of sitting, you start to slouch, you start to lean, you start to slide forward in the seat. Or when you're standing, you will often lock one knee and bend the other, drop your weight to one side, lean on the desk, lean to the side. So it starts to cause or contribute to poor posture and the aches and pains that you feel after a long day at work. If I take, for example, the one that I most commonly deal with, which is DSE computer work, a lot of people I talk to and I have experienced it myself report at the end of a long day of too much sitting at the desk, a burning between the shoulder blades. And that is caused by the buildup of the waste products and a reduction in the oxygen that gets to those muscles. Um, in my day-to-day, sitting and standing are definitely the most common static workplace postures. So these are the ones that I'm going to have a look at, but I will look at them separately because they do come with separate risk factors, slightly different. So I want to take prolonged sitting first because I think that is my most common one. I can't speak for everyone, but for me, definitely it's my most common one. In the workplace. So what exactly is prolonged static sitting? 
So according to EU OSHA, so the European Agency for Safety and Health at Work, static sitting becomes a prolonged sedentary behaviour. If the position is held for two hours continuously because it requires low energy consumption, it's seated and it requires physical exertion to maintain that position. And as you all know, prolonged sitting, it's a feature of so many jobs, not just office, control rooms, labs, production areas, air traffic controllers, people who drive for a living um, and office based workers. And as office tasks themselves even become more computer orientated and digitized, especially the natural opportunity I have found for these kind of natural posture changes in the office have decreased because you're not getting up to do the filing or you're not getting up to do the copying or, you know, things are coming in digitally instead of hard copy or, you know, so I suppose the increased digitization of the workplace means that an already sedentary job, an office job has become even more so. But it is a feature of a lot of other jobs. And if you do spend a long time sitting, what can it cause? Where are we going to feel it? Okay, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this, some of these are going to sound familiar. So if I take the big one, if we look at low back pain, low back discomfort, this is a huge, huge common reported discomfort among people who sit a lot for their jobs. And there's a few different ways that prolonged sitting, prolonged static sitting can impact your lower back. And it's often I find a combination that can cause discomfort. It's rarely just one or the other. So firstly, if we look at the discs in your spine, the intervertebral discs in between each of your vertebrae, when you sit, you increase the pressure on those discs, especially the ones in the lower back, because they are being compressed from above and below. And the level of pressure on the disc varies based on the seated position so or the actual position. So the, the pressure on the discs is about 140% of standing pressure when you sit upright. And if you lean forward, picture yourself looking at a laptop, the pressure on the discs increases to 190% of the pressure that is found in the disc when you're standing. So static, upright, I suppose the ideal DSE upright position, you will already have 140% of the pressure on your discs that you would have if you were standing. And if you start leaning forward, that increases to 190%. That is huge. That is a huge increase. And what's going to happen if you have these discs being compressed continuously and over time you will have increased tearing, increased degeneration to the discs, which can cause bulging discs, herniated discs, sciatica, issues down the line that, you know, if you're young and you're sitting at your desk, you're not thinking about that right now. You don't care what pressure is in your disc when you're sitting in your chair, but you will care in a few years when you start to have issues with the discs because once you get a disc issue, as I've said before in other podcasts, that does not fix itself. It becomes, um, um, I mean, you have to manage it. You don't fix it. Bar surgery, you have to manage it. Prolonged sitting, it also reduces the pumping action required to provide the discs with nutrients and reduce degenerative changes. The discs don't have nerves. They don't have an um, independent blood flow. So, they need to move and contract and relax to be able to get what they need to stay healthy. So this compression forces, especially in the discs in the lower back, really can cause the problem. 
Sitting also places increased load on the back muscles and tendons and strains the ligaments. Sitting causes imbalances in our core stabilizer muscles due to the overuse of some muscles, but the low activation of others. So pre-COVID, I would have seen this a lot in drivers, definitely seen it more now in office workers. So if you sit for a long time as part of your job, your abdominals can weaken because they're not really being used, but your lower back muscles can tighten. Your glutes get weak because while you're sitting on them, they're not really being used, but your hamstrings and hip flexors can tighten. And these imbalances can affect your alignment, it can affect your posture, and it can cause pain in the lower back. If we look at people who are working off laptops and leaning forward, the chest muscles will start to tighten, the upper back muscles will start to lengthen and weaken, and you will see that rounded shoulders, that kind of humped posture. It's all caused by imbalances in these really, really important groups of muscles. And something I have found over the years is I'll talk to a lot of computer workers, computer users, and they're picking up injuries. So yes, they're sedentary during the day, sitting in these chairs, and then they go to play sport in the evening, and the hamstrings are tight, and the hip flexors are tight, and they're getting injured. And they don't really understand that it is really hard if you have a sedentary job, if you're sitting all day as part of your job, to then get up at five o'clock, throw on your gear and head to the gym or head to the pitch or head out for a run. Your muscles have been static for most of the day. Your glutes have not been activated for most of the day. Your hamstrings and hip flexors are tight. Keeping mobile during the day will help to reduce that and in a good proper warm up after you work and before you go in to do any exercise will also help that. Um, and as a prolonged static sitting is characterized as a sedentary behavior because it has a low energy consumption, it increases the risk that the energy demand for the back muscle, muscular system is below what is needed to maintain a healthy system. And this reduced circulation and this low metabolic demand can lead down the line to, well, day-to-day -day stiffness, but over time, muscular degeneration and osteoporosis because you are not feeding the muscles there and the, mus and the skeletal system. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not being loaded like they're supposed to be loaded to keep them healthy. And this, of course, can have an impact. That is the lower back. And I have to say, in my experience, it's definitely a combination of those factors that cause low back pain. Um, and unfortunately, especially when I go on site and people think the problem is the chair, but then you get into their day to day and the reality is there's no chair that's going to change that. If you're not moving, your back is still going to come under all those pressures. It doesn't matter how nice the chair is. The other risk that we can have is neck and shoulder discomfort. So adverse postures, which we're going to get if we're sitting for too long, will increase strain on the muscles of the neck and the shoulders. And prolonged exposure then to these postures can increase pressure on the blood vessels. It can reduce blood flow to the muscles and also the muscles of the arms, increasing the risk of your neck, your shoulder and your upper limb discomfort. And this can also be caused by, again, like I said, the weakening and lengthening of the upper back muscles, the tightening of the chest muscles um, and looking down for prolonged periods. If you remember a while back, I did the episode on tech neck. Again, I suppose the issues with tech neck, like the static postures, it's the frequency and the duration that the head is looking down that is the cause of the problem. Um, so 
So again, that's where you can get your neck and your shoulder discomfort with this static sitting posture. And you can also get discomfort at the lower limbs. So prolonged sitting, as I said before, it slows down your circulation a little bit. You can have discomfort, pain, tingling, swelling in the lower limbs, stiffness when you go to stand. Um, and it can just be generally uncomfortable because the blood flow to that area has slowed down. And you can also have an increased pressure on your thighs from the actual seat of the chair. And that will contribute to discomfort, which will, all, again, doesn't matter the chair. It's only going to be relieved if you get up and move around. And if we look at cardiovascular issues, now I know this is kind of looking in the less immediate term and more down the line, but prolonged static sitting, it reduces the activities of some of our large muscle groups, as we said, because if you look at the glutes, that's a huge muscle group. But when you're sitting all day, it's doing nothing. Um, and also the leg muscles. The decrease in activity increases the concentration of fat in and around muscles and it can reduce your sensitivity to insulin. These factors can contribute to the risk of developing cardiovascular disease and or type 2 diabetes down the line. Those are the risks associated with prolonged sitting. Now, when I am doing an assessment and I'm trying to explain to somebody the risks associated with how they're currently working, cardiovascular issues and diabetes, I don't tend to include because you want to focus on the now. Like I always try and focus on what's happening in the body right now and what we can do to stop. But yes, absolutely. You know, if you're thinking down the line, cardiovascular issues, diabetes and all those things can help. And you also have, you know, reduced digestive function because the blood flow is restricted. You know, you don't have the muscular effort helping the food move through the digestive system. So these are all, it can impact your health greatly. But the biggest one I see is the neck, the back and the shoulders. Definitely. Um, and it can cause such a problem down the line. Like you have a lot of people who are in jobs, sedentary jobs for years and years and years, and they develop a problem. And the reality is that problem was building for a long time. So if, we, if it's something we can nip in the bud, you can definitely reduce the risk of a lot of problems down the line. But I'm going to look now at standing. And I think this is important because in a lot of places I go to, employers and some employees seem to think that standing desks and sit-stand desks are the answer to everything. They're helpful, but prolonged standing has its own issues, especially in jobs where maybe sitting is not an option when we want to. So prolonged standing is defined as standing for an hour continuously or standing for four hours per day as part of your job. And it's a feature of jobs in the industrial, the educational, the healthcare services and the service sectors where tasks are carried out in the standing position, either because of workplace design, task demands or company culture, depending on where you work. And what are the issues? What can we see in the body happening in the body associated with prolonged static standing? Well, the most common areas, as you can imagine, are the feet, the legs, the hips, the lower back. So looking at the lower limbs, again, static standing, standing in the one position is going to reduce the blood flow, more so to the lower limbs. And this can cause fatigue in the lower limbs, discomfort, swelling and varicose veins. Because if you're standing in the one position all day, like when you're sitting, you don't have that muscular effort helping the blood get pumped around your body. So you can get blood pooling as well. Um, standing as well, if you think of it, you know, you've got gravity acting on the lower limbs, which is where you can get the varicose veins and the swelling because you've all this pressure on the circulatory system in the lower limbs. 
and you get discomfort as well because again you're getting that lack of oxygen lack of nutrients lack of waste removal from the muscles you can also have degenerative damage and joint pain to the lower limbs just due to a lack of mobilization of the joints you're holding the joints in the one position like static sitting you're not feeding the musculoskeletal system it's not getting the nutrients it needs and you can have wear and tear and degenerative damage increased pressure on the lower limb joints from prolonged standing decreases lubrication and cushioning in the synovial joints this can cause tears to occur it can cause pain removing the limbs it can also result in conditions like plantar fasciitis heel spurs bunions corns and achilles tendonitis so the lower limbs just come under so much pressure with static standing with the low back standing for a long time has been associated with this increased curve in the lower back just due to the position of the pelvis when we stand and as people get tired they tend to shift the position of the pelvis forward and back and side to side and this can put pressure on the muscles and the discs and the tendons and all the ligaments and this can cause the back muscles to tighten and get sore and you can also get your neck and shoulder discomfort so similar to sitting because you can have a change in posture low down it can impact your posture higher up in the neck and the shoulders you can have adverse posture as the body starts to get tired and i see this a lot in work areas where people are standing they're leaning down they've dropped themselves down onto the surface the shoulders are humped the neck is down and it can increase pressure in the blood vessels reduce the blood flow and again the muscles of the arm looking at increasing the risk of neck shoulder and upper back discomfort and yes, standing, you can have cardiovascular issues developing because it can cause the blood to pool in the lower limbs due to reduced circulation and blood flow. This can put pressure on the veins in the legs. It can introduce or sorry, increase oxidative stress and inflammation. So any one position for too long is bad. We as humans are made to be mobile. Our body works best when we are changing position frequently. So, and what I do want to say is static standing does have risks. And what I, I think is really important to highlight is sit-stand desks are useful, but you also need to look at how they're being used. So I would talk to people who would sit for the morning stand for the afternoon. You know, spend three hours in one position, three hours in another position. That's no good. You know, you need to be changing frequently. So what can we do to reduce the impact and the risks associated with prolonged static posture? So if you're an employer, you are responsible for ensuring that your employees can vary their positions and their postures and their tasks during the day to reduce this risk of static postures. So Ensuring that the work area can be adjusted to suit each user will also help reduce adverse postures and strain when they're at the workstation. But the workday itself and the, and the job and the tasks should be designed to encourage movement during the day that nobody is spending too long in the one position. Now, EU OSHA recommends that to reduce the risk associated with prolonged static sitting, we should be aiming to spend less than half your day, less than 50% sitting. Avoid prolonged periods of sitting for anything over 20 to 30 minutes. Get up and move around for at least 10 minutes 
if you've been sitting for two hours. Now, that's their recommendation. My recommendation is not to sit for two hours. Being realistic. Aim for a maximum of five hours total sitting when at work. And alternate yourself frequently between sitting, standing and walking. This is not always possible in some jobs, but we need to look at how to make it possible. So that is something I will always do when I do any workplace assessment. I always look at static postures and what we can do to reduce them, how we can change it up a little bit and sometimes even how we can trick ourselves to get ourselves up out of that chair. When it becomes to prolonged static standing, now I do feel this is more of a risk factor in the workplace because I think if you're at home and you do something that, that you need to stand for, when you start to feel tired, you're just going to go sit down. You'll pull up a chair. You'll either continue doing what you're doing sitting down or you'll take a break and go do something else. In work, you can't really do that. You don't have that flexibility. If you are at an assembly line or if you're in a job where you need to be standing, well, you're there until you need to not be there basically. So if your tasks in the workplace must be completed standing, you need to ensure that the flooring is suitable for the job. So if you're looking for wood floors, cork, carpet, rubber, if the flooring is metal or concrete, you need to add appropriate matting, anti-fatigue matting down to alleviate discomfort. You yourself, you need to make sure you're wearing appropriate footwear that supports especially the arches of the feet. If there are any surfaces involved, they should be height adjustable to allow whoever is using them to adopt an appropriate posture. And the workplace should be designed to reduce twisting and bending when you're working in a standing position. And I would always say as well, if there is a job that is designed to be done standing, you should also provide a standing stool or a leaning stool or something that somebody can use there's plenty available, so many different designs and styles available now. Some of them are absolutely fantastic, but it just means that they could still do the task in a standing position, but they're able to lean and just take a little bit of the load off if they cannot leave the work area and if they cannot sit down. It just gives them the option to take the weight off the lower limbs for a minute or two. Um, but ideally, you want to avoid being in any one position for any more than 45 minutes. This is at work and at home. This this applies all everywhere. Um, ideally, after 45 minutes, if you're sitting, you want to get up and move around. If you're standing, you want to move around or have a little sit down. But walking is great. Going from static sitting to static standing, not enough. You need to be moving, walking. Um, standing positions, I would say I would I would be okay with them being longer than 45 minutes as long as they are dynamic. And what I mean by that is you can move around. So a good example of this is with the rise of Teams and Zoom meetings. And if workplaces have standing desks or have an area that people can go for these calls to camera off and shuffle around, be on the call, but move from side to side, front to back. You can be in the call, but you don't have to be statically standing in front of the keyboard. So dynamic standing, I think, is is okay for about, I would say, about 60 minutes. That's my experience, about 60 minutes before we try and change posture. And as I said, static standing is not the solution to static sitting. Static sitting is not the solution to static standing. They're not opposites of each other. They each have risk factors. They each impact the body. The key is regular movement to allow muscles to be activated 
that are not activated when we're static, let other muscles relax and be rested at regular intervals to encourage good circula circulation in the body, optimal blood flow, to make sure all the muscles are getting the oxygen and the nutrients that they need and waste products can be effectively removed. Take pressure off the discs and to just help keep us healthy. As I've said a million times, humans are made to move. We were never made to stay still. Unfortunately, now a lot of workplace design and a lot of just modern life itself is really, really static. So we need to be finding ways to bring movement in. I'm going to end this with a little recommendation that I have, that I have found to be a bit of a game changer, even for me. You know, I know better, but still in the course of my day, I could find myself that I've gone over the 45 minutes because I know in this day and age, you get so sucked into your work or sucked into the program or whatever it is that has you in the one position. One thing that works really well is taking the mental load of trying to remember to move away from you and putting it on something external. When you're working especially, you have enough to be remembering. You have enough to be doing in your own jobs and tasks and it is hard to remember to move. 45 minutes is not a very, very long time. It's gone in the blink of an eye if you're concentrating on something in work. And I know this. So what I have found to be great, firstly, is the likes of break reminder apps. Go onto your Google Play Store, go onto your Apple iStore, Store, put in Break Reminder app. Sometimes they can be called productivity apps, but essentially they're the same thing. It is a countdown clock that you set, an alarm that you set to go off at regular intervals, whatever you decide it is, to remind you to move or to change position. Setting that reminder on your phone means that the load of trying to remember has gone off you. It's on the phone. And you will get the alert when it's time to move, which means you can concentrate on what you're doing in between those intervals. Bonus, if you can take the phone off your desk and put it somewhere else, not always possible, but it is a bonus because it means when the alarm goes off to move or when you get a message or when the phone rings, you've got to leave the desk. You've got to get up out of the chair to go to the phone. Um, either way, if you can't do that, if the phone has to stay on the desk for whatever reason, that's fine because when that alert goes off, you're going to look away from your phone to turn that alert off. You will break your concentration, the hypnosis of the screen, and you're more likely to move. Difficult if you're a driver or if you're in a safety critical role because you may not be able to go very far. If you're a driver, you can obviously only pull in if it's safe to do so. Um, and a dry, as a driver, you should always plan your route. If you're going to be in that car for more than 60 minutes, you need to plan your route that there is somewhere along the way where you can pull in for a few minutes safely and get out of the car. If you're in a safety critical role where you have to be there, you cannot leave. Well, look at can you just stand up for a minute? Can you do a couple of knee raises? Can you do a couple of very slow heel kicks? Anything to get the body moving at the area that you're working in if you cannot leave it. But taking that locus, that, that load of remembering away from you and putting it external is really helpful. And what works for me, I'm going to be honest, the break reminder apps don't work for me because the type of person that I am, if I set an alarm to go off in 45 minutes to tell me to get in my chair, you can be damn sure I'm checking my phone every couple of minutes to see how many minutes I have left. That is just the way I am. And I have found this and I have found then for me, this may not be you, you may be totally fine with this. But for me, 
I find the break reminder app a bit of a distraction because I'm always checking to see how many minutes until I have to move. It sounds really silly, but what works for me is a good old fashioned timer. I use a little clock that is 60 minutes and you turn a little dial, productive productivity clock they're called, turn a little dial to however many minutes you want to be at your desk. I put it on a shelf and it's taken away there. It's in my eye line. If I want to glance at it, I can see it, but I don't find it as distracting as the phone. Or you can just use a good old fashioned kitchen timer. You know, anything at all that takes the load off you, that when it goes off, ping, it's time to get up and move. I have found this to be used to great effect with people that I have been working with. And the feedback is really good, both from a good old fashioned timer or the app. The feedback of taking the mental load away from you to get you moving more has been really, really positive. So I do think it's something a good practical takeaway tip for you if you're listening to this today and you think that you do sit for too long. And you know what? You can use them in the evening too. You know, if you're sitting watching Netflix and binging away on programs and you're sitting for two hours at a time, you know, set the reminder, pause it, get up, move around, go get yourself a glass of water, go to the bathroom, come back. You know, try and avoid any prolonged postures as much as you can. But I suppose that is my key takeaway tip. Of course, there are risk factors associated with static postures. What do we do to reduce the risk? Well, we move. And it sounds really straightforward, but it's difficult. But my one takeaway tip is take the mental load of trying to remember to move away from you. Download an app or get yourself a timer or productivity clock. Put it at your workstation. You can work away and you'll probably find after about four to six weeks, you don't even need it anymore because you will have started to frame your work differently. You will have started to kind of chunk your work into these kind of 30, 45 minute sections where when you sit down, Instead of looking at the whole task, like I need to get, just for example, this huge spreadsheet done by today and it's going to take me three hours. Well, you're like, do you know what? I'm going to get 20 lines done or 30 lines done and then I'll go get a coffee. I will get another 15, 20 and I'll go to something else. You will start to break your work into really manageable chunks that facilitate movement. And shock horror, you'll be more productive. Static postures, because they slow the circulation down and because they slow oxygen intake down, they can actually cause you to be a little less productive because you get tired and then you get distracted because you're tired and you're stiff and you're sore and you start to daydream. Moving around will help that because you're going to boost your circulation. Muscles will be all relaxed and activated. Your lungs will have taken in lots of oxygen. Your brain will be ready to go. So although it seems counterproductive, you'll actually be more productive by moving more. So that is my takeaway. Take the mental load of control off you. Get yourself an app. Get yourself a timer and start setting it. 45 minutes maximum if you can move more absolutely do if your job allows it to but if not I would aim for 45 minutes maximum in the one position that is it for this episode as always I will put all my social handles and contact information in the show notes if anyone ever wants to reach out to me with comments or with topic ideas for the next few episodes always welcome be delighted to hear them and otherwise I will talk to you guys soon and stay well